0: Welcome to After the Fact, a Knowing Faith mini-episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Uh, Typically, the questions we consider will line up with our larger topic for the season, and that is certainly true for our time today. Uh, We are discussing Genesis 1-11 through on Knowing Faith this season, and today I get to chat with Dr. Walter Strickland. Dr. Strickland is the Assistant Professor of Systematic and Contextual Theology at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, where he also serves as the Associate Professor Vice President of Diversity. He is an author, editor, and contributor to many books, including Every Waking Hour, Baptist in the Christian Tradition, For God So Love the World, and Plain Theology for Plain People, which uh, at our church we're actually using for a year-long theological program, and uh, we're loving it. So Dr. Strickland, welcome to After the Fact. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Well, here's our big question for today. Why is the doctrine of the Imago Day? Why is the doctrine of image bearers of God crucial for our current moment?
1: So that, that's a massive question, which I guess is what we're doing this season. Uh, and I think the importance for this particular moment is that the adversary and then the world around us is trying to convince us that we are either what we do or our appetites. And so I'll, I'll flesh that out Uh, And say, well, first of all, neither of those can function as the seat or the essence of our personhood or who we are, uh, although God does desire many of these things to be a part of our lives. And so let's say, uh, take, for example, our work. So uh, in Genesis 11, verses uh, 1 through 9, we see the story of the Tower of Babel and what they're doing there is that they are trying to make a name for themselves so they won't be scattered across the face of the whole earth to sort of summarize it very quickly and they're using the their god-given gifts that god has given them to make him known in order to make their own name known mm-hmm. and so they're essentially seeing what they do being known by that as being the essence of who they are as people But the reality is when we do that sort of thing, what we're doing is that we're looking to our work, the work of our hands to do something that it was not designed to do, uh, which is to give us meaning and purpose and value. Our meaning, purpose and value comes because we're image bearers. Mm -hmm. And then it's even enhanced even further by those who are in Christ as Christians because now we're a child of the king. And so, so work is a good thing you know, uh, that was fractured by the fall that we see in Genesis 3 by thorns and thistles and what have you. But it's not inherently bad because it was given to us to do uh, prior to the fall. And God himself is introduced as a worker in Genesis chapter one, as he's creating and separating and so forth. And so this is a a wonderful thing that we get to do in celebration of who God has made us. Uh, But it only finds its value and worth if it's anchored and who we are as as believers or as those who are image bearers yeah. and so that's work and then i mean even something like sexuality is a is a great topic for us to talk about as well which you know people are making that appetite or that part of who we are the seat of who we are as people the essence of who we are as as uh, as image bearers and um you know, we, so this is, this is what the culture is trying to do. The culture is justifying anything sexually because they're trying to make it essential to who we are. And so any sort of expression of that is appropriate. And to reject the expression of that appetite is to reject the person, Hmm. which is why, you know, some folks are like, well, if you don't accept my sexual preferences, then you reject me as a person. A lot of Christians are like, what? I mean, I'm, I'm not rejecting you. I'm just rejecting, right. I'm just, I'm not going to go along with those preferences that are against God's word, but I'm not rejecting you. Well, it's because, you know, to be an image bearer or to be a person for the world is to be sexual. Like sexual, yeah. sexuality has become the baseline of who we are. And as Christians who you know the Bible, we understand that sexuality is one of God's good gifts. And in fact, you know, it's a very good gift, but the best gifts are the ones that could be most abused most powerfully. And so yeah. uh, that's work and then sexuality. And then let's talk about ethnicity, mm-hmm. you know. So this is an important thing about who we are. God has made us distinct. There's going to be different ethnies in the kingdom, Revelation uh, chapter 5, uh, verse nine, Revelation chapter seven, verses uh, verse nine and ten, and so this is a part of who God has made us, but it's not the essence of who we are as people. Hmm. And so uh, this helps me as a person, as an African American man, uh, to to not take everything as an attack against who I am as a human being. But you know, it helps to sort of mitigate the sort of difficulty of living in America when we have so much sort of racial turbulence going on. Yeah, And so uh, my fundamental identifying quality is that of an image bearer of God and a child of King Jesus. So I can then better understand who I am as a person, but also uh, be in familial relationship with people who are outside of my own ethnicity in a very real and powerful way. And so why is image bearing so important, Uh, especially today? Because we are tempted to be workaholics. Our culture is highly over sexualized and I ethnicity and race and things like that are driving wedges through even the people of God that I just lament and I think that if we understood what our fundamental identity was that it would help all those three areas.
0: Wow man golly I, I'm already regretting that we have timed this out to be a short episode because I could I could literally, I could sit here and talk to you about what we're talking about all day. Let me just ask you one quick follow-up question. So whether it is work or it's sexuality or it's or ethnicity, or maybe it's um, the giftings of specific people or their preferences or uh, even things that are not moral in nature, so to speak, just like uh, maybe uh, this person's geared towards math and science and this person's geared toward creativity and imagination. Um, How does does image bearing this one shared identity, does it squash all differences and distinctions? How is it the proper frame for our uniqueness as individuals?
1: Gotcha. And so like God has created, so I, I have the passage here. So uh, Genesis 1, 26, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let and let us, you know, basically have give domin- dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, and so forth. Uh, and so really what this does is this, gives us a fundamental call. And even in Genesis 2.15, when it, when it starts talking about being vice regents, co-creators, so that's a very broad sort of a call for all of humanity to live in. And yeah. because we're particular people, we live that out in unique ways. And then it's sort of made manifest as God has required of us as a collective people. And so I think that we can be unified in our creative ability as mathematicians, as writers, as scientists, or what have you, as those who do literature, but then it's all rooted in that creativity that is hearkening back to who our creator is, and then we just flesh it out in unique ways.
0: Yeah, I love that. Dr. Strickland, thank you for joining us on After the Fact. Thank you for having me. It's been a a joy.